0: Welcome back to the final part of this week's Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. In just a few minutes' time, we're going to hear how your business can help raise vital funds for sick children here in Ireland. But first, Derek Riley of Nevo.ie is with us once again to guide us through the world of electric vehicles. Uh, Derek, what's on the agenda this week?
1: Today we're talking about all the new brands coming to the marketplace that people may not have heard about in the past predominantly coming from china but coming from china isn't always a bad thing and there are some existing brands that have already been manufactured over there
0: okay now when you say brands that we may not is it like ones that we've never heard of or just don't hear as much like they're not as prominent as say like nissan and all
1: those ones so if i said to you maxis byd and aura would you know of those names
0: are they not Elon Musk's kids?
2: No.
1: <laughs> so, bra- brands that are now, max, we'll go through each one, but brands that predominantly wouldn't have been in the passenger car market ever in Ireland. Uh, and there's more coming, but these are the three newest ones on the market here in Ireland.
0: Okay, where do we start?
1: Property Maxus. It's one that has been on the road. So it was originally called LDV. It's been brought in by the Harris Motor Group there in Dublin, and they have the rights to the UK and Ireland um, right-hand drive markets. So they're they're servicing the UK market as well. So Maxus originally LDV, now Maxis, and they would have predominantly have been in the light commercial vehicles and van section. So you'll see Maxus vans. The on post postal services use a lot of their electric vans. And they said, OK, there's a lot of interest in this electric vehicle thing. We're going to get into passenger cars. And what they've done is they've come out with a luxury people mover called the Maxus MIFA 9, which is a six and seven seater. If you want to move people from A to B in style, uh, internally and externally, uh, this is what's going to get you there. Like so, like a shuttle service, et cetera, et cetera. So it is—it's um, a large vehicle, and I, I've sent Jess pictures of what we're talking about today, so she doesn't have to imagine it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and it looks. Uh, no, this is an untrained eye and completely ignorant, but it looks like a cross between, uh, like, a presidential vehicle that you'll see in the president's motorcade and a hearse.
1: So, when you say presidential vehicle, you mean the United States president.
0: Obvious. Obvious. <laughs> Rather than the Ford Focus that Michael D goes around in, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: It is not aerodynamic. It is a large slab of, because there's three rows in it and the central rows um, and the luxury edition. So it comes in three different trims. And then the top level trim, that central row, those two seats in the middle are like captain's chairs. So like arms chairs. They're like armchairs. They fully recline, they're fully automatic, massage, heated, cooled. So it is, you are moving presidents around the place. The hearse comment has been brought up before. And I love the fact that, Jess, because you give us your honest opinion as to if you saw that on the road, that's exactly what you'd say as well. Some people are... Uh, saying it looks like a, like a dark Vader helmet as well. I'm not sure if you're starting to see that now that yeah, I yeah,
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, in terms of, because it is such a big car, what's the story with the batteries then from an EV point of view?
1: Large battery, so the guts of 100 kilowatt hours. So it is one of, uh, definitely on the higher end of the scale. Uh, because it's such a bulk of a vehicle and the new Kia EV9 is after coming out with pretty similar size battery packs. If you're looking to transport 5, 6, 7, adults in essence uh, around the place you know that's uh, five six seven hundred kgs so it needs that heft of power number one now some people say we shouldn't be looking at these size of vehicles they're not practical but there are use cases where people need to get from a to b in luxury and they want to do it electric with zero tailpipe emissions so if they don't buy this they're going to buy something that's combustion engine so let's make horses for courses and the max the maxis Mifa nine does that so i could see this like in a five-star hotel pick you up from the airport that kind of space that chauffeur space is where i'd really put this into but it's a brand that people will you'll see this maxis name badge on a car and people wouldn't know where it came from
0: okay so that's that one now the one that you've sent me a picture of that i really really like although i hate the name is the aura funky cat
1: yeah new to the market so part of the great wall motor and by the name itself you know what country it was coming from so again coming from china and the great wall motor company brought in the aura brand which is their all-electric and their first model to market is the funky cat um stylistically beautiful and i think you Mm -hmm. agree jess it is something totally different on the road has that two-tone roof the designer is ex-Porsche, so you will start to see elements of Porsche front and rear. Some people say it looks very much like elements of the Volkswagen original Beetle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very something totally different than the world. It has really good tech inside. Uh, their voice assistant is one of the best I've ever worked with and they have like a learning tree program within the infotainment system. So you can understand the capability, very much like the skills assessment, which uh, your personal assistant, I won't say the name, so it activates everybody's, but um, opening windows, changing radio, all that kind of stuff, um, really, really good. And um, the Aura Funky Cat would have a small enough boot, but what they've done is they've given more space in the back because they feel people want to move passengers rather than Luggage or shopping more. uh, And so they've made that decision to give more space in the rear.
0: Yeah, I really like the look of this one. Do we have a price point for this one?
1: Yep. Or Funky Cat's coming in at just around 33,000 euros for the entry level battery, the standard, and then the top level trim, the 400 Pro, is just around 40,000 euros.
0: OK, and what's that comparable to then, you know, in terms of cars that we'd be familiar with?
1: Everything has been benched back at the moment against the Tesla Model 3. For cash, you can buy a Tesla Model 3 for just over €40,000. Uh, but you're in the same kind of neck of the woods as a Kia Nero EV, uh, a Hyundai Kona EV, uh, Renault Megane. So you're, you're that SUV, that size SUV, you're up against that kind of um historical legacy automakers and those their price points but everybody that we talked to now about electric vehicles on nevo they're like oh oh that's the same price as a tesla model 3 or it's five grand below or f- five grand above and so yeah. people are using that now as the benchmark because that tesla price is fluctuating so much they're they're changing the price on a on a monthly basis
0: Okay, then we have the BYD Atto 3, which looks, to an untrained eye, a little bit like one of the, maybe the Qashqai kind of style vibe.
1: On um, Externally, very, what's the word, fits in, doesn't rock any boats, an SUV, very much like you said, Jess, you, you could pass on the road and you, not that you wouldn't turn your head, but you'd be like, oh, that's just another SUV, BYD is probably going to be the world's largest electric vehicle manufacturer. Last year, they made more electrified, so they're full electric and they're hybrid if you combine the two of them, than Tesla. They're all vertical integrated because so they make their own batteries, the BYD Blade batteries, just launched in Ireland uh, through the MDL Motor Distributors Limited um, group. They have two garages in Dublin, one in Cork and more coming around the country. This is going to probably be the brand that you're going to see the most of because the size of the organization at at a a global level is just absolutely massive. Um, Mm. Something like 30% of all the mobile phone batteries in the world are BYD batteries. So they have the battery technology and they went, well, we're making these batteries, why don't we make a car as well? So the Atto 3 is the first to market, but they already have six or seven other models that we can see in other markets that are going to be coming to Ireland
0: it uh, you you also sent me a picture of the interior of the car and although there is that massive display kind of like an iPad Pro in the middle of the dashboard it's not as cluttered as i thought it was going to be
1: yeah it's inspired and that display actually sp- bins. Uh, So it goes landscape or portrait, whatever you'd like. So if you're using satellite navigation, you can leave it in uh, portrait. And then if you want to do something else, landscape or split screen. So again, super intuitive, super fast uh, infotainment system. But the internal side design style uh, cues have been taken, what they say, is from a gym. So if you look underneath that screen, you'll see these vertical discs. They they say that they're inspired by free weights. That's the actual vental system. The door handles are something else in the gym and sort of the hat, the actual um, mode selector as a, as a handle in the middle of the center console. But yeah, does, it's something totally refreshing internally. You wouldn't think looking at it from the outside uh, that it had anything to shout about, but internally it is uh, nothing else like it in the marketplace. And the BYD brand, is, as I say, is probably going to be the biggest car manufacturer, electric vehicle manufacturer uh, in the coming years.
0: Uh, the last time we spoke, uh, we touched upon, you know, the, the grants and the changes to the grants and all the rest. But also we spoke about the uh, demand for EVs and the supply of EVs. With the arrival of these brands to Ireland, will that take some of the pressure off? But will it also then scupper the sales of some of the players that we're very familiar with if these new lads come in town and have cars on demand?
1: Yeah, and it's very much, you're starting to see that. So because of the level of vehicles is pretty much staying the same, if not coming down, because a lot of people are, uh, new, new generations aren't buying cars anymore. They're using public transport or uh, they're getting around other means. So the, the car sales figures are starting to decline. The pandemic had a bit of a change in that where people were working remotely. So I might decide to leave Dublin and move back to Belmont uh, and then inbound, one of the public transport system wouldn't be as strong as obviously in, in, in South County Dublin. So I'd need a car to get around. But that's kind of balanced itself out. So in Ireland, We traditionally would sell around between 100 and 120,000 vehicles a year. So that's not going to increase. It's going to stay the same, if not decline. So these new brands coming in, to your point, is that it's really conquest. It's going to take market share from somebody else. Uh, And so what we're starting to see is, yes, all the other brands were saying, oh, we can't get the models. We can't get the models now that these brands from China uh, for these three is examples, but we will be looking at Vietnamese brands potentially coming to Ireland and South Korean brands coming to Ireland like Genesis potentially. Um, yeah, they're definitely gonna start taking market share. So the incumbents and the legacy automakers are saying, oh God, we need to get stock fast because if we don't have it and Jess is looking for a new car, she's going to go and buy from BYD and that's gonna be her car for the next three or four years. And then she'll be a BYD customer and we're gonna have to try and win her back Yeah. If she's happy with the dealership, if she's happy with the car, happy with the servicing, et cetera, et cetera, why would you go back? And so, yeah, there is a couple of, and you can see some, um, Traditional dealerships doing EV sales, EV promotions to say we have stock. If you want vehicles, we have them here. You can see exactly what we have on the forecourt. If Jess is looking for a purple car with a green interior, you'd have to wait 6, 8, 12 months. But if you want a blue car with a cream interior, it's sitting here and, and we're happy to work with you on, on a finance package.
0: Interesting stuff. Yeah, look, they are definitely... Interesting to look at. We will share pictures if you want to go and have a snoop. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. You can email techtalk at newstalk.com. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie, as always, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Jess. Now, every day, sick children here in Ireland undergo treatment for a range of issues, problems and illnesses. Children's Health Foundation works to provide vital services for those kids and their families. Emma Horgan is the Head of Campaigns and Community Engagement and she joins me now. Uh, Emma, firstly, thanks for your time. Uh,
2: Can you just start by telling me a little bit about the work that you and your team do? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Children's Health Foundation aims to give every sick child the very best chance. And the key to that is ensuring that the incredible healthcare staff across the hospitals have the best possible tools to do their job. So families who have attended the hospital with their child tell us time and time again what a difference the funding makes, whether that's because they've benefited from a procedure or service that previously wasn't available, or because of a little touch of comfort during an incredibly hard time. So fundraising support allows for a quality of care now. Without uh, support, your staff would not be able to do to add the same level of comfort to the care that they provide. Um, so care that has a child centered approach is so important for the comfort of the sick children who are treated at all the Children's Health Ireland hospitals. That's Crumlin, Temple Street, Talon Connolly. Um, and so that wouldn't be possible if not for fundraising. So. With regard to the funds themselves, they go directly to help hospital staff provide the best care possible for sick children from all over Ireland through the purchase of equipment, which leads to more children being treated. Um, It funds emerging services that provide care for those who may have previously had to go elsewhere or even attend adult services. We fund research in all areas and patient supports, which are vital in making the experience as comfortable and child-centred as possible. So that would be therapies like pet therapy, play therapy, and music therapy.
0: Mm. And anyone who's ever interacted with your services will know the difference that some of these things can really make to not only the child, but the overall family's experience, because it is incredibly difficult and um, something that's almost too hard to imagine. Um, In in terms of the fundraising initiatives... uh, I know myself, I think of four or five examples off the top of my head where I I can see the logo and I can see that, you know, whether it's a bucket on the street, whether it is, uh, you know, different initiatives over the years. Talk to me about how you go about finding different avenues to get people to donate and to also understand the message and the, the points that you've just outlined there of the impact of their donations.
2: Yeah, I mean, like it's a huge impact, Um, you know, raising funds for sick children is it's it's amazing. The sporters are absolutely amazing, whether they've had like firsthand experience. You know, as you said, I think nearly every every person in Ireland has, you know, is touched by something Um, or is some person who has gone through the hospitals. um, Well, you know, whether that's like in long term care or with a broken leg. For example, um, so every and everyone seems to have a very positive experience. Um, you know, if they if they are going in for uh, something minor, so we have um, we offer a, a suite of activities for people to get involved in. So whether people are interested in like you know marathons, more extreme challenges, parachuting, abseiling, and um, that sort of thing, or if you know a lot of schools would get involved with trick-or-treat for sick children or great Irish bake and um, so basically we try and cater for everyone and um, mm-hmm. that there's a way for everybody to get involved and um, and that's that's how we're that's how we're going
0: yeah and, and it's great when you see kids fundraising for other kids uh, it is something that I think everybody, as you said, is touched by this in some way or has heard a story that has broken their heart or captured their imagination. And um, there's an initiative that you guys run that I'm really interested in. And it's called Clash of the Companies. Tell me more about this one.
2: That's right. So Clash of the Companies is a corporate team building fundraiser. It's a hugely popular event. It's been going since 2015. Uh, a little, little hiatus in the middle with the pandemic. Um, it was originally for Temple Street, but now it's supporting all children's, Children's Health Ireland um, sites, Crumlin, Temple Street, Tala and Connolly. So it's a fabulous team building, fun day for organisations to take part in. Uh, so far, it has raised um over 1.2 million to date for the, the children's hospitals. Um, and it's happening at the RDS on Friday, the 7th of July. So it'll be teams of eight people. Um, but if individuals from a company want to enter they can fundraise the full amount themselves uh, but we, we encourage organisations to, to put in teams um, so everybody receives a free t-shirt and a goodie bag with subst- sustenance to keep them going for the day um, the teams take to the streets of Dublin all around the RDS with an iPod, a- iPad solving clues and puzzles and taking parts in tasks so it's the afternoon of Friday the 7th of July and then they return to the RDS um, once they're done for games and food and refreshments and uh, there's a presentation of prizes um, all the funds raised from this event uh, go to help provide cutting-edge technology, extraordinary care and transformative treatment for patients at Children's Health Ireland hospitals at Crumland, Temple Street, Halle, and Connolly Registrations for the event close on the 16th of June. Um, And if anybody would like any further information, it's childrenshealth.ie forward slash Forward slash Clash. <laughs> that brilliant, brilliant
0: stuff. Yeah, that, that is great. And I'm on the website now and there's a huge amount of information there. It looks like a really fun day out uh, for that team building. And as you said, all of this money goes directly to helping those uh, who need it, but also delivering uh, extra therapies and cares and treatments and so on. Um, how much of an impact has... Uh, COVID or did COVID have on fundraising? Because a lot of the initiatives that you mentioned there as fundraisers for you guys would have obviously have to have been paused during the pandemic. Did you see people coming up with innovative ways to donate or was it just that, you know, that the donations slumped a little bit for those two years?
2: Yeah, very much so. People got um, extremely creative, which was wonderful. Um, And some of the initiatives have stuck around, you know, uh, with online challenges, for example, um, you know, making events virtual, virtual afternoon teas. People like from all over Ireland, you know, different counties were able to get together and and hold events online. Um, Or it was the online challenges where people were able to do the challenge themselves if it was, you know, um. 5k a day for a month type thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah people got very inventive it was it was really lovely to see uh because you know it was a tough time for everyone and so it was brilliant that you know the supporters still thought of the sick children in hospital
0: Another thing that I know just from people in my own life, uh, the developments in technology has, has been transformational for families of children who are chronically ill. And if they're spending significant periods of time in hospital, having access to a tablet or, a, you know, some sort of device to keep them entertained and all the rest. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of that and also the role it plays in keeping families together, particularly if one parent or two parents are staying with a sick child in hospital and there's other siblings or whatever it is at home.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, the therapies would pay, play a, um, a massive part of that. So um, play therapy and music therapy in particular um, with uh, for example, Sive, you might have remembered, patient from the Toy Show last year. Um, she was in Children's Health Ireland at Temple Street, um, for uh, a while, and it was music therapy that really uh, perked her up, and she ended up writing her own songs and everything. I think. um so yeah, that's it, it's so important and the play therapists will even for distractions for say a cannula um being inserted in in small patients or older patients um they, they might like it and so the play therapists um are great with distractions and you know kind of uh, keeping the patients entertained. It's extremely important and involving siblings where they can absolutely.
0: Yeah, no, it's something that, as I said, a few different people have said to me that it makes a difference. Uh, do, do people and companies get in touch with you looking to donate devices or is it better for people to make financial donations so then you guys can decide what needs to go where?
2: Yeah, so we're actually led by the medical teams. So how we uh, distribute the funds across the hospitals is that the hospitals come to us and request what they what they need what they see is missing or you know really important to have or something that is going to make um like say a piece of equipment that's going to ensure that more children um get a test on or or um something like that so they actually know what they need mm-hmm. and then we fund that so we're led by the medical teams
0: Yeah. And I know that the clash of the companies that we just spoke about there now, um, some of the the money from that initiative will go towards, I see that there was a a specific request from the National uh, Paediatric Liver Service to CHI to purchase machines. Uh, So again, that's a very tangible goal. And if you just go, if you're a business and you're listening to this right now, go to childrenshealth.ie forward slash clash And you can register your business because every cent will make a difference. Isn't that correct?
2: Absolutely. And we have to give a a big thank you to Thomas O'Brien, our patient, our featured patient for Clash of the Companies.
0: Well, look, it is a brilliant initiative. I really hope that it's a great day for everybody involved and that you get every cent of funding possible and uh, you continue to do great work. Thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thank
2: you so much, Jess. It was lovely to speak with you.
0: Yeah, that was Emma Horgan, the Head of Campaigns and Community Engagement at Children's Health Foundation. That's it from me this week. Uh, John Fardy's going to be with you here in just a few minutes time on News Talk. And I will chat to you next week.